Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. You all know that dinosaurs likely had feathers, but this week we look at the colours that they have and of their descendants. Now cassowaries are almost a type of dinosaur if you think about it, or at least a descendant of one. And they have some pretty incredible and shiny feathers, so how do they do it? Plus we find out about an iridescent, rainbow, long ribbony feathered dinosaur, discovered in China. I'd like you to stop for a moment and imagine a large, two meter tall creature with huge talon claws on its feet, a weird protrusion fin shape on its head, making a really strange battle cry as it charges at you, running at 50 kilometers an hour and leaping almost two meters into the air before launching down, jumping onto something with its sharp beak and devouring it. Now that might sound like a dinosaur, but it's actually a description, reasonably, a bit dramatic, of a cassowary. A cassowary, if you want to imagine a large flightless bird like an ostrich or an emu, except much more similar to a dinosaur. It has black plumage, long, strong legs with sharp talon claws, and a protuberance on its head. And if you think about a picture of a raptor, well, a cassowary pretty much does just that, and have been known for wandering around the streets in human-habitated areas, trying to find some things to snack down on. And they're omnivores. They eat everything. Including if you leave something on your porch or on your windowsill, or maybe they'll take a gander inside your house. Plenty of stories about that from North Queensland, I can tell you. So cassowaries are, if you think about it really, very similar to dinosaurs. In fact, you could make an argument that they are in fact a type of dinosaur. It just depends on how you view and classify things. But one of the most interesting facets of a cassowary is how iridescent and shiny that their feathers are. And not only that, they also have a pretty interesting feature with this iridescence that also appears on their eggs and other places. And the reason that this is strange is that when you look at the way in which we see these shininess on feathers in other birds, we really only see it on songbirds. And it's taken a collaboration between some paleontologists and some bird researchers to piece this all together. Researchers from the University of Texas in Austin and Field University have recently published a paper diving into exactly what gives these living dinosaurs their sheen, and at the same time shed some light on some fossilised versions of similar large flightless birds. This is all written and published in the journal Science Advances by two researchers, Chad Lyson and Julia Clark. Now, you can imagine lots of different creatures having colour. If you think about even the human population, we have a large distribution in how we are coloured as well. Now, in humans and other mammals, the colour of the creature comes from pigments, typically in our skin, like melanin, or inside our hair. Now, the challenge with birds, of course, is that the colours don't just come from pigment. Some of their coloration, like you would find in the, the specks of rainbow colours on a hummingbird or the really deep, glossy black on a crow, actually comes from the physical makeup of the feathers. And this is really fascinating because there's parts of their cells that produce pigment called melasonemes, and they affect the feathers' colour 
because they change the way in which light bounces off the surface of the feathers. And by having different structures or shapes made out of the melanosomes, you can actually end up with a variety of colors. And these colors are formed not through a pigmentation, but actually through making a structure that reflects and bounces light in different ways. Different shapes or rays can make what they so-called structural colors. And so can the layers of keratin that build up the bird's feathers. You can get them to reflect basically any color you wish in the rainbow. And you can also get them to have different reflectivities, meaning you can get dull, matte feathers, or the really glossy, shiny black that you find on something like a crow. Now, what's interesting is that most of the time you find this kind of pigmentation and coloring in the feathers, these so-called structural colors, in the group of birds known as the neonaths, the songbirds. But we know by pure observation that other types of birds, like cassowaries, which belong to different groups called paleonaths, they can also make structural colors. The blue skin on the cassowary's head is due to a structural color, so is the sheen on their eggs, or the eggs of the cousins, the tinamus. So trying to piece together the mechanism that these paleonaths are using to make structural colors is quite interesting. The one mystery remained, how are they making the structural colors on their feathers? And this all has to do with the way in which a feather works. Now, if you imagine a feather of a bird, you'll have a long center section with parts branching off the side. They call this branch structure, the long trunk running down the middle, the rachis. And the branches are called barbs. And at the ends of those barbs, you get all these little bits coming off it as well, and they're called barbules. The leaves that appear on a tree branch onto the trunk, the trunk being the rachis, the branches, the barbs. So the way in which color is often made on birds to get those shiny feathers is on those branches and on those leaves, those barbs and the barbules, they actually have a different layer of melasinomes, causing the light to bounce and reflect in different ways, which gives them the sheen or the coloration. So they get that structural color from the leaves and the branches on the tree. But that's not what happens with cassowaries, because cassowaries don't actually have a really dense clump of branches. They actually have a really thick, solid trunk, the rachis, and some fluffy barbules right on the edge of those branches. So what that means is that that big trunk of the tree, the rachis, gets exposed to a whole lot of light. And it's actually the coloration, the melasinomes on the trunk itself that give the cassowaries their glossy coat. And that's pretty interesting to think about the, just the different mechanisms that are related to the way songbirds and other types of birds get their color using a very different technique. Instead of coloring the leaves, coloring the trunk of a tree. You can imagine a flowering tree and thinking about the difference there. If the flower's stems were a different color as opposed to the flower buds themselves. Now, they also pieced together this research, not only looking at the cassowary, but going back to a relative in the genealogical tree of the cassowary, the paleonaths, that lived around 52 million years ago, called the Calaxvis grandi. And there's some great fossil preserved in Wyoming, in the United States. Now, the reason why they looked at this fossil is because it's from the same family tree as the cassowaries, plus it had really well-preserved feathers. 
And if you look at the fossil slab, you can actually see the imprints of the feathers and the black stain of melanin that's left over, even after 50 million years or more. So what they did is they actually took some samples from these areas and put them under a microscope to look for preserved amounts of these melasomes to actually compare them to a current cassowary. And if you look at the microscopic level, you see a huge lining up that's basically identical to the way in which cassowaries are colored today. Now, this is all amazing to think about because we know that birds have a long and important history on our planet, and you can trace the line of birds back to dinosaurs. And what's more important about the paleonath type of family is because there's a lot of flightless birds in that family tree, like the cassowary. And one of the reasons why you end up with such strong, thick, bony feathers that you have with this really thick colored trunk is that, well, if this is a flightless bird, you don't need to have soft and the stabilizing force that you would have in otherwise in feathers. So you can actually get a new type of feather developing in this family of birds simply because of the way in which it doesn't need to fly anymore. Now, this is some fantastic research from research at the Field University and University of Texas, Austin, Elison and Clark. But it also helps go to change our perception of the different types of bird species that are out there and how they interact with each other and what we can learn by studying one species and applying it back, looking at the fossil record. And we can figure out how we end up with all these weird and wonderful colours. So a crow has black shiny feathers, similar in a way to a cassowary. But the mechanism that they use to generate that black glossy sheen is very, very different. One with glossy feathers right at the tips of the leaves of the trunk, and the others with a big glossy solid core of the feather, the trunk of the tree. Great work published in the journal Science Advances by Chad Lyson and Julia Clark. Talking about cassowary as a modern day type of dinosaur to an actual dinosaur, again researched by researchers at the Field Museum, including Julia Clark and Chad Allison. Now this paper was published all the way back in Nature Communications in 2018, but it's related because it's actually looking at fossilized dinosaur records with iridescent feathers, using a similar technique to what we just talked about earlier. Now in this case, it wasn't a large flightless bird that they was examining that was 50 million years old. In, in this case, the researchers actually found a dinosaur called Kaihong Yuji, or rainbow with a big crest, which had iridescent feathers like a hummingbird. This dinosaur roamed or flew around the earth around 161 million years ago, and it had this incredible rainbow coloring. It was discovered by a farmer in northeastern China. And an international team of scientists helped excavate it, such as Dong Yu Hu, a professor in the College of Paleontology at the Shenyang University in China. Now, one of the things about finding any type of dinosaur where the feathers are preserved is it's an incredible thing to think about. Crushed and preserved in rock or mud for millions of years is a feather or an imprint of a feather. And that's exactly what they discovered. 
Now the Kaihong Juju is tiny, the size of a small duck, but that managed to get preserved in such a way that it could be discovered and examined today. And that is a marvelous thing to think about. Now, the duck itself, or Kaihong Juju, had a bony crest on its head and long ribbon-like fingers. And they can actually analyze the fossilized feathers and the feathers on its head, wings, and tail. And from that, they can determine that they were most likely iridescent, with colors that shimmered and shifted in the light. That's where it gets its name, the rainbow with the big crest in Mandarin. And that's incredible to think about, to see soft parts like feathers so well preserved actually gives you a glimpse back into the past. Now, there's never been that many great examples of dinosaurs with feathers being preserved to such magnificent detail where you can actually get not just that, yes, it had feathers, and yes, they might have had some colours, but to get such details about what type of colours and the iridescence that they might have had, to see them shimmering like a hummingbird with such complicated and soft and ribbony feathers is an amazing level of detail that's incredibly rare. Now, when they took these and placed them under microscopes, you can see the imprints, like we spoke about before, of the melasomes that contained the pigment. Now, most of the pigment was long gone, after you expect, after 160 million years, but the structure remains. And as we mentioned before, that structure is what gives the properties of the feather to be able to reflect and reflect light in different ways, giving it that sheen. And that's how you can actually determine, even though the pigment is now gone, what color those feathers most likely had. And that's what's fascinating, right? So if you think about a hummingbird's feather, and you can imagine it shiny and iridescent, but it's not caused by pigment, it's caused by the shape of those feathers reflecting the light in that way. If you crushed up a hummingbird's feather, you wouldn't get any of those colors. They're just black. Now, this particular dinosaur fossil actually had the shapes of the pancake-style melanosomes. So this is very different to what we talked about with the cassowary. But these pancake-sized shape ones are actually pretty much the same as what you do see on a hummingbird. The pancake-sized shape gets some air bubbles trapped inside, which causes the surface to be really uneven and reflect a lot of light in strange ways. That's amazing to think about, but they can use examples of the same shape and structure that we see today in the hummingbird and apply it to this preserved fossil. So by this, we can actually determine what that bird's coloration was like, or dinosaur's coloration was like, even though we have no pigment and all we have is a fossilized record from 150 million years ago. Now, why would you have such incredibly iridescent and beautiful plumage? Well, usually, in current examples, we see colourful plumage to attract mates. So it could have been the prehistoric version of a peacock's iridescent tail. And this is the oldest known example that of an iridescent feather. That's Now, what they also found is that the feathers on this bird are asymmetrical, or dinosaur to be more accurate. Now, Kaihong Ka couldn't fly because its feathers were very large and elaborate and were used most likely to attract mates. But its feathers were asymmetrical with different you know, lengths on the different wingtips and the tail feathers as well. Now this suggests that you might actually have 
the dinosaur evolving this tail feathers first to assist it to fly or aerial locomotion, but then it sort of got replaced with creating beautiful plumage and the flying functions diminish, but it still kept that lengthened tail. Now this is some great research done with collaboration with researchers from Shanghung Normal University in China as well as the Field Museum and shows the power of studying modern birds' feathers and applying what we know from them back onto the fossil record and using it to identify what dinosaurs may have looked like and what those colours may have been. It's certainly a far cry from the terrible lizard image that most of us have in our mind. Rather, a bony crested, iridescent plumage, long ribbony feathered small duck. It's amazing to think about. This research was published in Nature Communications in 2018 with lead authors Dong Hu Ha, Julia Clark and Chad Eliasson. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. From rainbow feathers on a dinosaur duck and to connecting that to how cassowaries get their iridescent feathers. This week and more we found about feathers and colourate. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.